Hi creatives, welcome to another episode of Unpublished. My name is Amy. I'm James. And today we're going to talk about the apprenticeship phase of being a creative, being an artist and being an entrepreneur. Oh, that's what we decided on? (laughs) It was either that or how do we create intimacy um, with our potential patrons. But we'll do that next week. Okay. Cool. All right. Apprenticeship phase. Um, As you can clearly see, we have just pulled this out our b-holes right now we haven't had a lot of time to think about it that i resent that is ridiculous we are the most prepared podcast people ever podcast people ever ever you Um, won't find anyone even remotely as prepared as us (laughs) um well then take the lead james what no i was it was clearly a joke (laughs) um so the apprenticeship phase is something that you know, we all move through and we all move through multiple times during our journey. Um, it's the learning phase, right? When we start something new, um, when we begin something new, when we do the vulnerable thing and, and say, I want to do this um, and now I have to learn how. Um, and I just kind of wanted to discuss it today because I think it's something that's not really spoken about enough. Do you still think of yourself as in being in the apprentice phase? It's a really good question. Or have you ever? Have I ever thought of myself in the apprenticeship phase? Mm. Again, a really good question. Yeah, definitely. Like, especially throughout all my first novels. And and still, I can still see myself as a very young writer. I feel like I have moved out of the apprenticeship phase. Um, However, I'm not sure what that is. I think I'm just, I'm very comfortable. And I have a lot of trust in the way that I create. Like, I I know what I want to do. And I often see what I want to do happen. Um, But that doesn't mean that I still feel young. But I don't think I'm in the apprenticeship phase. What about you? Yeah, I, I still think I am. Mm. Um, I kind of, my view is that I sort of hope to always be, Oh, in a sense. And I mean, as we've talked about before, I love the process of learning a craft and, and improving at it and getting better at it and seeking mm. out information for how I might get better at something. Yeah. Is that this, can you be out of the apprenticeship phase and still be trying to do that? Do you think? Yeah, I think something that I was thinking about yesterday was that the apprenticeship phase is something that we enter in and out of repeatedly. So whenever we do something new, um, oh, that is such a good point because we enter it again. You're so right because the worst place to be in is you, you just stagnate it completely in creative yeah. and you're like, nope, I'm done. This is all I'm going to create for the next fifty years. For sorry, I'm not saying that's the worst place you can be in. That, I'm sure that could be fulfilling to a lot of people, but I just for me, I'd always want to be trying. New things, you know, uh, trying new genres, trying new styles, even trying new formats. Like I would, I'd hope one day I'm, I'm maybe try screenwriting or, or writing yeah. for, for the theater, or uh, I'm not just writing novels. Yeah, I agree. And so I think that you definitely don't graduate and graduate once from the apprenticeship phase at all. And I never hope for that to be the case. Oh, the one thing that came up when you say I hope to never leave the apprenticeship phase was this. I did feel like I wanted to challenge you on that because I think a lot of people get really addicted to constantly learning and constantly being the beginner because it's a very, it can feel like a very safe place to be actually for a lot of us because uh, then you never have to do the vulnerable thing and say, no, actually, this is something that I'm, I'm actually good at and I want you to witness me as, as a professional. Yeah, definitely for me, even though I feel like I'm an apprentice at writing, mm. I still want to be consistently trying to be... What's the dog eating? It's just I'm so sorry. I'm just going to pull the microphone away and yell at him. Walter. Walter. It's great. It's just exactly what you want. We're puppy sitting. We haven't got a new dog. Amazing. Jesus, the dude will destroy anything. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll just keep talking. Yeah. Um, So I think while I still consider myself an apprentice, I still want to be making 
things to completion. I still want to be doing whole projects. I still want to be trying to sell stuff. Like I don't want my apprenticeship to mean I'm not ready. I just want it to mean that I still feel like I'm, I'm in the uh, newbie gains, as we call it in the gym phase. It, and for those of you who don't know what that means, it's like when someone first starts out at the gym, you know, say they can only lift the barbell to start with on a squat. By next week, they'll be able to, they often will be able to lift 40 kilos, which is double that weight. So, and you go, whoa, they doubled in strength. Like that is incredible. You will never double in strength again mm. in the whole time in the gym. And you might go all the way up to a hundred kilos. And then suddenly, oh, in the time it took you to go from 20 kilos to hundred kilos, it might take you that time again to go from hundred kilos to 105 kilos. And that's when your newbie gains are over. Yeah. And often you put on muscle mass and often you get uh, yeah, a lot stronger and fitter very quickly. And then that plateaus. And yeah. So I kind of feel like for me, the apprentice phase is like, when I started writing, I was essentially lifting the barbell, right? Mm. I didn't know, uh, I didn't even know what point of view was. I didn't know anything about structure. And, and also, I, you know, Amy, you don't have as a, a formal approach to these things as I do, or as, as uh, academic approach to these things as I do. But, you know, I didn't have an, even have an instinct for what those things were mm. when I started. And I feel like I very quickly in the first month or two of writing, got more of a grasp of those things. Didn't master them, but I feel like I had newbie gains on them. Mm. Like I was like, wow, I kind of, um, I see why these things are important and I see how to, how I might be able to develop this skill quickly. Yeah. I would also like to talk about the apprenticeship phase in terms of taking our creativity seriously. So not just in the craft part of it, but also like uh, how we market and how we sell and like how we how we put ourselves out there. Like there's a, an apprenticeship phase in terms of like how we are witnessed as well. Mm. Um, and I think that can be less exhilarating because while the apprenticeship phase of learning craft can be fun and it's like, oh my God, what is he up to? Just got to ignore him, Amy. Okay. Amy just should never have a dog ever. Like... You should just see her brain. Usually I'm the one whose brain is really scatty. Like Amy right now cannot focus on anything because the dog is moving around the house. He's a maniac. He's fine. He's a puppy. He's just like, he's got something from his toy box. He's just going to play with the thing from his toy box. It's going to be okay. Okay. It's going to be okay. While the apprenticeship phase of cra- of the craft can be like, okay, so okay, I've got to learn. And the learning curve obviously can be really challenging, but I think uh, enough of us get like the, those newbie gains and that reward um, because it's we're enjoying the craft and we're playing with it and we can see the gains happening and, and we can see our improvement happening. But when it comes to, okay, so I want to start an Instagram page, I want to start a YouTube channel, I want to start uh, a website, like the um, more entrepreneurial side of, of becoming an artist, that apprenticeship phase can be um, quite challenging. Um, and I think something that I would suggest is to really remember that you are in the apprenticeship phase when you first start out and start trying to be seen and witnessed in in these different ways or these new ways that you haven't done before um and i think there's just I think, a lot of value in understanding that it is okay and it is valid to be in the apprenticeship phase and to really allow it to create a sense of safety around you as you explore as you fail as you figure out what does work and what doesn't work um and i just feel like it's a useful way of keeping yourself safe in those vulnerable moments of figuring things out. Also, You're an apprentice. If you commit to an apprenticeship phase, then you can have wins without having to rely on anything external. Like if you just go, I'm in an apprenticeship phase now. So every time I feel like I'm getting a little bit better, every time I, I'm writing anything, every time I'm painting anything, anytime I'm producing any kind of creative work, that is a huge win. And I don't have to worry about the external mm. right now because I'm in the apprenticeship phase. Yes. And I can... 
and just to go back, that's not where I don't want to stay in that phase for my whole creative journey. Yeah. But it has been such a valuable place for me for the last few years. Like, I, because it's just this safe cocoon to get good. Yeah. It's like I can get better and better and better at my craft without the pressure of external validation. Yeah. And just like setting goals that are much more intrinsic mm. and much more about my own personal growth. Mm. rather than worrying about external validation. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of the apprenticeship. And, you know, everyone get you know, so many um, regular work structures have apprenticeships, like, built into it. And so we deserve to have an apprenticeship built into being a creative. And I think we deserve to give ourselves permission and uh, exceptions to ourselves when we're an apprentice. So, no, you don't have to make money in the apprenticeship phase. Like, no, you don't even need to think about making money with your art in the apprenticeship phase because that's not what this is about. Um, you know, you are learning and you need space to learn without that pressure. Um, you need, you know, ample amounts of permission to make a lot of mistakes because, again, you're an apprentice, just like an apprentice who goes into a trade. You know, there is leniency there because they're learning. We are learning and we need to give ourselves that compassion and that grace. And I think that's why the apprenticeship phase is a great thing to own and to kind of... Um, confer upon a time period in your life and, and you might think oh well i've been doing my craft for 20 years mm. i can't go back i can't be an apprentice that's that's gone for me but i think that's like well have you ever given yourself the chance to be an apprentice and i i don't think that this needs to be a chronological rule about mm. being an apprentice like if say you are 20 years deep into being a painter and you're like i just want to spend some time learning more and trying different things fucking dub the next six months in apprenticeship time you know, like it's not something that has to happen when you're young. Mm. It's not something that has to happen at the beginning of your journey. Like I think we can claim this time period of of learning and curiosity and trying, trying and failing, and, and less pressure whenever it is that we desire it. My only query, my only thing there comes up is just to make sure that we're not constantly sitting in the apprenticeship space because we are afraid of moving out and being, you know, seen in a more professional or more advanced light. But mm. I still think that there is so much benefit to it. Yes, definitely. I also think something that's really cool about this, uh, the modern period, I hate the phrase this day and age, for some reason, I really stopped myself from saying that. I, I feel like why. it's because um, it's like, oh, this day and age, the kids these days, they're just... Yeah, it, does seem, it seems kind of boomerish. Mm. Um, no offence. No offence if you're boomers. a boomer. Um, <laughs> with the greatest respect. Um, when I, what was I even saying? Um, you think- oh yeah, nowadays, you know, traditionally an apprenticeship required a master. Um, whereas I do think that now there are so many great resources available to us, whether that be, you know, online tutorials, whether that be social media, whether that be um, books, mm. um, even just, you know, classes that you can go to that don't necessarily involve doing a whole M- um, Master of Fine Arts program or something. You can do a lot of, you can learn so much without a master these days, or, or you can find many masters mm. over many domains and you don't have to go, like, you know, you don't need a mentor necessarily out there yeah it's a really interesting point that i've never really thought about before jimmy like i read um robert green's book mastery is it just called mastery mm-hmm. and you know it had some really brilliant aspects to it and i love this concept of mastery and i like the idea that i'm working towards mastery over my craft and over my life um but something that he really focuses on is, is having um finding a master a mentor um to guide you through the journey and i really grieved as i read that part of my book because i've always felt very alone on this journey and i always felt like there was no one ahead of me no one guiding me and i was like i was just like racking my brain as to who could be my master and i was like there's just i can't 
I mean, like maybe this is me cock blocking myself, but for, I really have struggled to find someone to fill that role in my life. But you're right. There, are, I have so many masters, and I know I haven't met them, um, but they are in my life nonetheless, and they have been a huge part of my journey nonetheless. Mm. And I do think that having a master can be great, and having a mentor can be great. But when you do it yourself, kind of, when you know, when you cobble together these apprenticeships from many different places then that's where a lot of inspiration and a lot of innovation can come from mm. you know if you're not just um, subscribing to one school of thought yeah that's you what have I was the time to, to develop your own school your own school basically yeah 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 I really like questioning this concept of needing a master to our apprenticeship and needing a master during our whole creative career and I think a lot of us long for a master we just think you know if I just got if some you know established author or something just swooped down and took me under their wing and they read everything I did and they critiqued it and they got me, you know, they got me in the back door and publishers and stuff. And then that would be it. It's almost like longing for a gatekeeper. Mm. But I just, and that might've been, and I'm sure it would still, there would still be huge benefits and privileges to that situation. But I just think that. I, yeah. I'm questioning it now. Yeah. That's always something I've desired, but you're right. And I like this idea that like, I mean, of course we want this, right? Because we're breaking outside of systems. We're not getting permission from anybody. So we're feeling incredibly alone. As I say all the time, like us creators who are out there vulnerably sh sharing ourselves and being witnessed, like we are doing such a brave and courageous and fucking terrifying thing. And so of course we want someone to just reaffirm us all mm. the time, right? We're torchbearers. We're out the front. We don't know what's next because we are at the front of this very new journey of work, this revolution of work and revolution of creativity so of course we're you know we desperately love someone to just be like okay you know i'll guide you i'll show you the next steps um but i think for a lot of us that there's no room for that because we are at the front of the game we are there's no one ahead of us it's us we are trailblazing and so to find guidance in a range of different people and to alchemize it into your own um way of viewing the world and your own way of creating is i think the option that I've taken and it's given me huge amounts of strength and guidance and clarity. Something I think that's really amazing about our, this community and, and you all who listen to the podcast is I get the sense that you're not really looking for a master. Like you're like you're not listening to us because you think we're some kind of guru mm. or some kind of, we're not, you know, we're definitely not telling you this is how, and we explicitly say we're not telling you this yeah, is how yeah. you do stuff. So I think what's really cool is that everyone listening to this is after peers and they're yeah. after peers to learn from and so that breaks down the mastery that says the sense that there should be a master to your apprenticeship as well it's like no we're yes. looking for community and we're looking for peers i'm looking for peers to help us find the way not someone to tell us what to do yes and i think so many of us creators just don't want to be told what the fuck to do because we're too headstrong and we know we're, we're too rebellious and, and we're too revolutionary to be told exactly what we want to do and we don't want to and we don't want to be masters like we don't want to tell you what to do like if you look at if you watch one of amy's coaching sessions one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions or even the inspire collective like it's all about you you and it's all about finding ways to get you to solve your own problems essentially i endeavor only to be a mirror really and to see you and so you can feel seen mm. um i think yeah it's an important part of my work i feel and that's why it's like and that still fits with the apprenticeship model because it's like you're your your own apprentice and you're your own master at the same time. Oh, that's, right? that's uh -huh. yummy. Oh, yeah, and you might that's like that. yummy. But I also think, you know, we can all remember, hopefully, I mean, maybe this isn't the case for you, but I can remember, you know, several teachers I had at school who were amazing and inspirational. And you think, I think we long for that somewhat. Like, well, these, 
inspirational teachers who are going to give us an aha moment or who are going to give us like the self-belief that's going to take us to the next level or something. Mm. And, and yes, it's, of course, it's like totally valid to want that. Um, and I'm not saying you shouldn't seek that out at all. Um, but it's just that you don't, I don't think, need it necessarily nowadays, 100%. We're very used to these structures, right? I mean, look at the apprentice master structure, and that's a structure that's been around for a very, very, very long time, like hundreds and hundreds of years. Like we've been, and then we've got had like a feudal system. We're always, we're very used to being put in student, teacher, um, boss, employee, like to have these structures of like someone being above us. Mm. And I think creators are confronted with this lack of that, um, especially creators who aren't uh, going traditional routes. We're confronted with a complete rewiring of societal structure in our own views because there's no one above us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, yeah, of course it would be awesome if Brandon Sanderson, I could sit down with him for five hours and have him just like hear about my projects and tell me what would be great about, like, you know, how he would, but even then, even the same <laughs> that, like, like, oh. but no, but even then I'm like, well, would I want Brandon Sanderson to come in and just tell me how to do my book? I'm like, then you'd lose something, right? Well, yeah, you'd lose you. Yeah. Yeah. You'd, it'd be a Brandon Sanderson book, which obviously would be amazing then. But it would still <laughs> feel like... Point. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I'm just trying to think of my masters that I've I've learned from um, over the years. And, and so many of them are in books. The ones I always respond to, like um, Kate Forsyth, who works um, often for the Australian Writers' Centre. She is just such a lovely teacher because she is so... I don't know. You never feel like she's... <laughs> thinks she's better than yeah, you. Yeah, like, you know, really important. Like she know Obviously, she's an incredibly successful author. But she treats you with such respect and such kindness and such empathy. I think that is so important as when you're in the apprenticeship phase to not have someone like lording it over you. I used to always hate when, you know, the people who had more experience lorded it lorded over, it over it's me. It's disgusting. I hate it. Like it's one of my like biggest like red flags. Like, like when like, you're in year ten and the year twelve is like, well, I've just been at school for two more years, than yeah. you, and therefore I'm better than you. It's like what it always sucked. Um, this is kind of a bit of a deviation, but you know, I'm sure we can wind it back in. But this morning on my Instagram, I was talking about how I don't like learning craft. Like I don't like people to tell me how to write and I don't like reading craft books. I don't like read, I don't like any lessons. And I think a big part of that is because I had a lot of experience with teachers lording it over me and being like, this is how you do it. And I just don't like being told how to do something. Yeah. But I, you know, and I think I was just saying at the beginning, I do really think that some creatives are much more inspiration focused, um, uh, not inspiration, um, intu- intuition focused, and some are much more book learning focused. Like I feel more book learning focused. Like mm. I want to know how the pieces fit together in the puzzle. Whereas you like to vibe your way. Like did this does, you know, I've written out, you know, you've written four books now. You're every time you write a book, you get a little bit more of a vibe of what's working, what's not working. <laughs> It's inexplicable. And you, and you don't know, but, but there's an instinct. There's a storytelling instinct, yeah, there's an instinct. in humans. And which does, is unsurprising because our culture has developed and evolved around storytelling. Mm. And absolutely everything that, I mean, humans are arguably, that is arguably our advantage in the animal kingdom is that we're the best storytellers. Yeah. And as you know, as Yuval Harari says, you couldn't convince a chimp to give you more bananas by promising him infinite bananas in an afterlife. Whereas mm. humans can tell that story to each other. And therefore, can organize, and you know, can use that story, for example, to create huge institutions which can accomplish horrible but also great things. Mm, yeah, because of our storytelling ability. It's yeah. not really because we we're not the strongest, not the fastest. You know, our raw brain power wasn't necessarily the most developed of, of um, 
not that we, I mean, this is always bullshit science, right? Like, who knows why we were superior to Neanderthals and Homo erectus and stuff. But one of the theories is that we're better storytellers. Not, we didn't have big, they had bigger brains than us. I love how you've taken this into a full Yuval Sapiens. Well, any chance, any chance. Any chance he gets. This is James's favorite book, Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. The best. The be- it is very good. It's all about storytelling in its essence. Mm. It's incredible. Yeah. I think I want to invite all of us to kind of investigate, like if you are about to start an apprenticeship phase or if you feel like maybe you need to dive back into the apprenticeship phase, like how do you want to design it? Are you an intuitive learner? Do you want craft uh, guidance? Um, What do you want in terms of who do you want supporting you? You know, what is your opinions and feelings around this idea of having a master? Um, Do you already have masters in your life? Do you know them? Or are they, you know, authors and readers and books and online? And just like understanding what you need from an apprenticeship, because all of us will need different things and designing it and really Mm. not being afraid to design it. Like, I mean, we'll all want to design it to different degrees, but I would invite some of you who like to really plan shit out, like plan it like a uni degree, like plan it like any other kind of apprenticeship. Like how do you want this to look like? Like what do you want this to look like? Um, and really allow yourself to commit to it because I think something that happens to creatives a lot is we don't take it seriously enough because it's not um, got, you know, a university stamp on it. It's not an apprenticeship to our carpenter, you know. It's our own apprenticeship that we made up so we don't take it as seriously. But I think if we give it the time of day and we really look at how do I want this apprenticeship to unfold, um, what standards do I want to have for myself? What, you know, what exceptions do I want to have for myself? So I'm talking about like making sure that you know that there is no pressure to make money and that there's no pressure to get it right. Like design it so that you can really enjoy it and indulge in it. And there's nothing better than being the learner. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Just, you know, if you want to just spend the next year really nailing down your craft. Yeah. How delicious. Then what, that seems like a great, it's, you know, I don't want to bring up golf. But I'm going to, for the one of you who's interested. But, when, you know, when you're learning how to play golf, and I suck at golf, just to reiterate, if you just go to the driving range and you hit 100 balls with no plan every day for a year, you probably will get a bit better. But if you break it down and you actually plan your practice and you plan what you actually want to work on, you will accelerate your learning so much faster. Yeah, Sorry, interesting. I'm, I feel I'm really embarrassed I brought up golf. <laughs> I yawned as well, but it was an accident. I know you yawned. It was an accident. Now, it's interesting that you say that because like again like I would like I'm talking about planning this apprenticeship but like for me I know because I am so much more intuitive like I would like to intuit a lot of my apprenticeship mm. but yeah, I still I yeah. still think I need structure like I mean it's always that balance right and it's about knowing yourself what do you yeah, need you will know yourself yeah you will know what you need because you know even though I do believe that the the structured one will if you can stick to it lead to faster gains but if you can't stick to it then don't do it yeah it's like again I'm really going off piece too Yesterday in the gym, I'm doing this programming um, to try and get a muscle up, which is like, I don't know. It's like when you go from a dead hang and then you pull yourself all the way up over the bar till your arms are straight and you're up over the bar. We're so weird. Like, we were these writers that continually bring things back to sport. sport. Like, who the fuck am I? Anyway, I um, have a program and... You're just changing it constantly. Every day, I'm just like, no. No, I think I'll do it differently. I'm going to do something else. Like, fuck this expert who has probably coached thousands of people to get their muscle up. I, Amy, am intuiting the better way. I do. It's really cute. You like it? Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a personal trainer. Not in a past life, in a real, this life, I was a personal trainer. Yeah, yeah. So, I know. 
I have some expertise. That's true. But even if I wasn't, I would change it. Yeah. I, don't I, think, like I don't think they covered it. muscle ups at your personal training course. They did not. I don't know. Just got to respect the way that you work. And I don't work by being told what to do, mm-hmm. bitch. Mm-hmm. Are we at the end of this conversation? I think so. I think so. I don't think my brain has much more Dude, we are fucking out of it at the moment. And we are just like... I, I don't even know what to say to you guys. Like, <laughs> People listening to the podcast are like, um, we know. I think you've been saying that for the last year, years. <laughs> no, that's not true. Sometimes we're on it. Last week I did feel like we were kind of on fire. Yeah. Today was... I don't feel like this was a bad podcast. No. It wasn't was, like our rambly one three weeks ago. Yeah. That was real rambly. This was didn't feel as rambly. I think we're just a bit... <laughs> I don't even know. A bit. Well, that, that's what I feel like. I feel this... I don't even know. Flat. I have this malaise flat. that I can't... Yeah, flatness. And, I, and when I try and pinpoint what it is, I can't. Yeah, same Z's. I think maybe it's just the weather's been really bad in Sydney. It hasn't. Well, you're right. It was, and then it went good again. And then that didn't fix anything. Oh, guys, I know you relate, so... Yeah. Just take yeah. care of yourselves this week, okay? Yeah, take care of yourself. Be gentle. Be gentle. If you need to move into an apprenticeship phase, move into an apprenticeship yeah. phase. You know what? Maybe it can be a quick apprenticeship phase. I don't yeah. think it needs just to be... Just do two weeks of learning or something. But also, I want to give you permission to have like a long apprenticeship phase. I just want to give permission for everything. You do what you need to do, my baby. Yes. Okay. Let's sign off. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>